0: and the young people and caring for them and raising them up, that they could, that they could uh, be the ones to bring the Lord back. Um, I'd just like to remind us all that this time actually isn't just for the parents and YP serving ones, or the parents and the children serving ones. Actually, this time is for all the saints. From young adults to old adults. From young adults to great-grandparents. Anyhow, it takes the whole church to raise to raise up the next generation, and we want it to be a function of the church. Um, how about Let's all read some verses together. Uh, one of the brothers wrote the verses up here. How about we do the brothers on Genesis, Sisters Exodus, Brothers Psalms, Sisters Acts, and all together on Second Timothy. So if we could turn to uh, Genesis 1:26 through28, Okay. Man, my technological skills are not kicking in. Okay, whoever's got it, let's read it. Genesis 1:26 through 28. And God said, "Let us make man in our image, according to our likeness, and let them have dominion over the earth. Amen. God created man in his own image, in the image of God he created him. Male and female he created them. And God blessed them, and God said to them, Be fruitful and multiply, and fill the earth and subdue it, and have dominion over the fish of the sea, and over the birds of heaven, and over every living thing that moves upon the earth. And then before the sisters read from uh, Exodus, if you didn't get an outline, could you please raise your hand and the brothers will be happy to get you a copy of the outline. There were more than we expected tonight, which is wonderful, wonderful. So if you didn't get an outline, just raise your hand and the brothers will be happy to get you a copy of the outline. Okay, sisters, could you please read Exodus 1, 9 through 16? Okay, brothers, let's read Psalm 127, 3-5. Behold, children are the heritage of Jehovah, the fruit of the womb of reward. In the hand of a mighty man, so are the children of one's youth. Blessed is the man who fills his quiver with them. He will not be put to shame when he speaks with enemies in the gate and then sisters acts 238 through 39 Read 2 Timothy three fourteen through seventeen. 2 Timothy three fourteen through seventeen. you Continue in the things which you have learned and have been assured of, knowing from which ones you have learned them, and that from a babe you have known the sacred writings, which are able to make you wise unto salvation through the faith which is in Christ Jesus. All Scripture is God-breathed and profitable for teaching, for conviction, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, fully equipped for every good work. And before uh, Brother Ricky shares, I'd like to do something we do at the Junior High Conference could we have five volunteers stand up to lead us in prayer, brothers or sisters? Just five, five saints. Okay, y'all are being like junior hires. <laughs> we need, we need five, five brothers or sisters. There's one. Okay, we need four more. Four more. Be bold. This is what I have to tell the junior hire. Be bold. Be strong. Okay, there's two. Come on, three more. Three more. Brother Jack, there's three. Okay, two more. Two more, saints. Two more. Two more. Mauricio, number four. We got a sister. Bold sister. I feel like an auctioneer up here. <laughs> Bold sister. Okay, very good. Okay, y'all lead us in prayer and then Brother Ricky will share some more of this words with us. Lord, we give you tonight, amen. amen, open our entire being to you, amen, Lord, we want to forget everything we think we know, amen, we see just hear, opening as wide as we know, amen, speak a fresh word to us, amen, and like to see where we stand in this age, amen, and like to complete the age, amen. amen, give us a word that is timely, amen, amen. word that meets the need, amen. 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 Thank you for getting us here tonight. Amen. Bless his fellowship. Amen. Hey!
1: Brother mentioned our topic this weekend in this uh, conference is raising up the next generation in the church life or for the church life. And saints, we should should make it clear that uh, this matter of raising the children, it is not one of the main points of faith. It is not one of the central points of the revelation of God's economy. Um, on at least a number of occasions, brother our brother Lee used this kind of example of a tree, the trunk of a tree with branches, and pointing out that the central revelation in the scriptures, that's the trunk, and a topic such as what we're touching this weekend uh, I'm not sure if even we could call it a branch. I, I'm afraid we're just talking about leaves. Um, but, but, um, we should be, we all should be persons in the trunk. We all should be persons in the central lane of God's economy all the time, both in our person, our living as well as in our pursuing. And so when we touch such a matter uh, of raising the children, we should look at it from a certain perspective. Um, we, we, our, our ministry is, is not uh, focusing on raising children or having a better family life, although that's what we want. And we want that for all the saints. Among us, but that's not our 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 aim. That's not the focus of our ministry. Uh, we our, our ministry is the New Testament ministry. That's for the building of the church. But when we look at this topic of children, even from these few verses that we have on the board that we just read. Um, we could see that actually children, even having children, the first time that this is implied is absolutely connected to the accomplishment of God's eternal purpose. That's why I wanted us to read Genesis chapter 1. And Genesis 1, verse 26, shows us what is God's purpose. What is God's purpose? And, and, you could say it's god's purpose, God's desire, which, which uh, I, I would confess, apart from what we received in the Lord's recovery, in, in the ministry of the age, I, I did not I never realized that God's desire is shown on the first page. I thought you had to look for it and go and, and comb through. But it's on the first page. God tells us what it's all about. Image and dominion. Image and dominion. That's that's verse 26. To have an expression. An expression through man in humanity. And not only an expression, but a representation. Something different. Something in addition. Something that deals with his enemy. That's verse 26. Verse 27 shows us that this, this entity that he wants as his expression and representation is meant to be corporate. It's a, it's a he, they. It's a he, they. And verse 28 introduces the thought of children, because there it says now, but replenish the earth and subdue it. But what, what what does that what does that mean? What does that imply? Surely that means have children, have lots of children. Amen. But for what? For that image and dominion. So actually, actually, it was God's desire intention that our children and our means mankind our children should be for the accomplishment of his goal which is on the positive side his expression and on the negative side to defeat his enemy Amen. exodus the book of exodus i think we we all are probably familiar is is a picture book that shows us our t- experience. Actually, I think we know the whole. The whole Old Testament is a book of pictures, and First Corinthians ten says very clearly, First Corinthians ten eleven, that everything that happened with Israel, right, happened as an example for the New Testament church, and they were they were they were they happened as examples, and they were written it says for our admonition admonition to whom do you, what the ends, the, the ends of the ages have come so the things that transpired in the old testament and and exodus is just one part but it's quite a particular part because it it shows in picture the complete experience of god's redeemed from uh, being in the world, and then being chosen, being redeemed, being nourished, receiving revelation, and eventually accomplishing God's goal to have the tabernacle and the glory fills it. Amen. So Exodus is like a, a sliver in the Old Testament, but it's a complete picture of the New Testament experience. But please note that 1 that Corinthians says they happened, and they were... They were written there as examples, as types of us. But they were written for our admonition. Admonition. You know, an example is different than an admonition. I could give you an example. I could give you an example. The example that this is, this is a cup with containing something and this is like us and God. That That's, you know, that's an example. But... If I tell you, the liquid is really hot, be careful. Don't touch, it's hot. That's an an admonition. But then you go ahead and touch it. Oh, okay, you didn't listen to my admonition. So, example, admonition. An example, we can learn something from. An admonition, we need to learn or suffer the consequences. Learn. Or you may pay for not learning. So from Exodus, what can we learn? What can we learn? You know, most people, I believe, among the Lord's children, would, would, because it's very clearly laid out in, 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 um, in the New Testament, uh, the, the lamb, the Passover lamb, that's a type of the Lord Jesus as 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 the lamb right and 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 uh, of course John says uh, behold the lamb of god and then uh, and 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 then the uh the crossing of the red sea and it, it also says in first corinthians 10 clearly that this is a type of our baptism yeah so these things many christians take this um the the bread actually the lord jesus himself said uh, i am the true bread that came down. I'm the manna. That's right. He said that. The water out of the rock. Of course, Paul said. And, and you, you know, it, do, it doesn't say, and the rock typified Christ. I never understood that. I mean, never. I still don't understand that. Right? It says, and the rock was Christ. Say amen. Say amen. But so so the rock, Christ. Yeah, I mean, I like to say typifies. I was about to say typifies. But anyway, the rock was Christ. So the water is Christ. So these things are all types. Surely the tabernacle. Oh, the churches have spent much time in these recent years on the tabernacle. But but saints, I would say we have to take the whole story. Because all of it was written as an example or as examples and... For an admonition, to whom the ends of the ages have come. So I'd like to spend a few minutes on Exodus one, and what, and point out what do we see there? What we see there is that, is that well, I shouldn't start with Exodus one. I should start with with Genesis fifty. And in Genesis fifty, do you, do, you, do you know G- Genesis 50, 26? 50, We we talk about Genesis one twenty six. But do you know Genesis 50:26? There happens to be sovereignly the very last verse of the book of, of the book of Genesis. Yeah. And Joseph died, being 110 years old, and they embalmed him until he was put in a coffin in Egypt. The end. Could you imagine if the Bible only had one book? what a terrible story for God's purpose what happened to God's purpose God's people which culminates in Joseph dead buried coffin and in Egypt not even in the good land the end then turn the page Four hundred years pass about. How many people comprised Israel in Genesis 50? Seven zero. Seven, 70 souls. it says it. Seventy souls. When you turn the page, how many? It's about two million. About two million. We get, this, we get this from the number, in numbers, of the army. We don't know for a fact it was 2 million. We're kind of uh, estimating. Because the army was 603,550. So based on that, considering you know, the, the f- males younger than 20, and then, and then the females and uh, you know, so on, probably around 2 million. From 70 to 2 million. So Pharaoh is what? Nervous. <laughs> <laughs> Pharaoh's afraid. Afraid of what? Afraid of the children. Pharaoh fears the increase of Israel. And so he plots against them. He plots to put them down. How? A two-pronged attack. One to the older generation and one to the younger. To the older, tire them out. Make them work with harshness. Later it says, with rigor. So that what? They have no energy to worship God. You know, when Moses is sent and Moses and Aaron go and talk to, to Pharaoh... Let my people go, that they may hold a feast to me. He says, we want to go to the wilderness, three days' journey to hold a feast. And he says, "Oh, basically, I'm paraphrasing, at one point Pharaoh says, you all have too much time on your hands. You need to work harder. And so he puts them to work harder. And so what's that? That's just to exhaust them. To take their time, their energy, and isn't isn't that isn't in principle doesn't that come to today the, with the older ones our work our job just daily life where's people out oh there's a meeting tonight and you had once upon a time no second thought today mm, have you never said mm-hmm. Thank the Lord, often you make it there. Sometimes you don't even know how you got there. You had even decided on going home to rest, but you made it. I don't know. Amen. Thank the Lord for that. You know, habit counts for something. We should we should it says in, in right in Hebrews, do not forsake right the custom. It's good to have the custom. Just have a habit. Go to the meeting. It saves you. And then you get lifed in the meeting, and you don't know where it came from. Well, you know where it came from, but you know what I mean. And you don't regret to go. <laughs> but but then, in the story, it comes to a certain point where the Pharaoh t- commands that they take away the straw. You know, they were building, making the bricks. Now, I used to give you a supply to make the bricks. Now, I don't give you supply. You go find the straw. Work harder. Harder. And there are times in our life, the economy just goes down, and you it's like no straw. And and you're, you have to produce the same, but with less. And what does that bring? Anxiety. And just like the Lord says in the, in the New Testament, the Lord said, you know, the sower goes to sow and the, the, the on the four types of soil and the one with the thorns. What are the thorns? The anxieties of the age. The deceitfulness of riches. Things like this weigh us down. But this is not new strategy. This is what I'm trying to show you. This was in principle what we're shown in Exodus one. But that's to the older generation what's to the younger generation isn't it more evil isn't it more blatant to the younger generation kill the males uh, can you imagine if there were a nation on the earth today that the leader of the nation would say such a thing today the world is so small you can't you can't do that you can't do that But once upon a time, there was a world leader and a powerful nation that made such a policy. Why? These were written as examples and were written for our admonition. Something we need to learn from. That shows, that policy shows Satan's view toward our children. Especially the male's. Who could be raised to be leaders among God's people? There's something just insidious in his feeling toward our children. But who saves the day? Shifra and Pua. I hope you all, we all know these names, right? I hope if you didn't recognize these names before tonight, you would never, ever forget these two names. You know, who's given credit to be the savior of Israel? Moses. Moses. But Moses needed saving. <laughs> so who's the real savior of Israel? Actually, the sisters. Well, 80, oh, sorry, 80% sisters. 20% brothers. I don't, I'll explain that later or tomorrow morning. The Hebrew midwives, they acted wisely. We didn't read the verse. We should have read read verse 17. Some of the sisters tried to read it, and we stopped them. (laughs) Sorry, sorry. We should have read till 17. And the midwives acted wisely. And I still don't know what they did. But they saved the day. And they caused the Pharaoh to change his strategy. What does that show us? That shows us, sisters, that if you act prudently for the Lord with regard to your children, you can force Satan to change his way. He has no other measure because he cannot get around you. Sisters, this this weekend, actually, I would say most of the fellowship is for you. Most of the fellowship, if, if you don't receive this, then we have no way to go on. We'll see tomorrow. Uh, Brother Lee said 90% of the labor must be with the sisters when he talks about the children and, 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 and the young people, especially the children's work. Shifra and Pua, they did something. So, what was the change of strategy? The change was instead of killing the baby, it was throw it in the river. Oh, I, I should add this, you know. Suppose those midwives did not step up. What is the result of that? Suppose all the males are slain and you let the girls grow up normally. Eventually they grow up. Who will they marry? Egyptians. The Egyptians. In one generation, there's no more pure Israel. That's the strategy. So, you could could summarize Satan's strategy toward the younger generation is death or mixture. One of these two. To kill, to remove the spiritual supply so that they don't experience life or they have a mixed situation. And you know, you know uh, saints, both Brother Nee, Brother Watchman Nee, and Brother Lee, Brother Witness Lee, they both stated this, that our increase in the church has these two sources, right? From within and from without. And they both stated that it should be 50%. 50%? from the growth of our own children and then 50% through our gospel preaching. But hardly can you find a local church that has this kind of ratio. At least in this country or in North America. Maybe, well, I don't know how their rate is now, but I do know there was such a situation in Belize at one time. Because they had big families. We're talking 8, 10, 12 children. Yeah, then you can do it. <laughs> then you can do it. Yeah. And in the Philippines and in Malaysia, the, this has occurred, about the 50%. I don't know currently, but at one time, I know this was their, their kind of a ratio. This worked there. But today, not only do we not have 50% of our increase through our children? But actually in many places, in many places, the children that we have growing up among us, we lose more than 50% of them. That's our situation. And that's why I feel there has been a kind of uh, response or reaction in the body For fellowships such as what we're having this weekend, over the last several years, in so many of the churches, in so many areas, not only in this country, but throughout the globe, it does seem that there's a burden on the Lord's heart. We must stop that trend. We must do our part. We must do our part to stop that negative trend. The enemy has had his way too long and, and there's just a feeling Lord, our next generation our next generation in so many of the churches well the story continues in Exodus in chapter 2 so in chapter 2 Moses is born to uh, his, his mom you know her name? okay, jo- Jochebed. Jochebed Yeah. you know daddy's name? If you don't know mommy's name, you probably don't know God's name. Amram. Amram and Jochebed. You know the big sister though? Miriam. Yeah, we know the big sister. So what happens is this baby is born and there's this law. You have to, you know, put him in the, in the, uh, in the river, but they keep him, they keep him. Hebrews tells us, Hebrews tells us that the parents, by faith, hid the child for three months. I don't know how you hide a child for that long without being exposed at 3 a.m. and the baby is, but they did it by faith, They, they, they did it. And so they put the baby in the basket and then they send it down, and what a coincidence. Who's there? Pharaoh's daughter. Pharaoh's daughter. She knows what's going on. She realizes this is one of the Hebrew babies, but she opens the basket, and she just can't help it. She's drawn. So she doesn't have the heart to harm the child. She wants to keep it. And then, oh, another coincidence. A little girl comes out of the bushes and says, ma'am, would you like to, to find a nurse for your child? She goes, That's a good idea. It doesn't say that. I paraphrased. She says, That's a good idea, little girl. That's a good idea. I'll pay you to, to do that. And so then she brings the child home. And they, you know, until until he finishes nurse, until they wean him. And mommy did something. We don't know how long that was. But in that period of time, mommy did something. Yeah. Probably the whole family together. Mom, dad, sister, brother. To infuse this child, you are a Hebrew. You're Hebrew. Don't ever forget yours. And then 40 years later, he does something. Yeah, it's terrible. But it showed there's something within him that was put there. That was put there you know we'll see to, uh, more tomorrow morning that in in the in the scriptures there actually there are actually not that not many portions that talk about how to raise children apart from proverbs proverbs does have some some sections really some just verses scattered verses apart from proverbs hardly do you find a portion that talks about raising children uh, Ephesians and Colossians say a little something, just a little something. All right. Don't, fathers, don't provoke your children. That's it. But throughout the scriptures, actually, there are a number of examples. And we will study a few of those examples. Uh, one coming tonight, but several tomorrow morning we'll look at some of these examples from these examples we can pick up some things we can pick up some things how to raise our children in and for God's economy right. moses moses he of course eventually he was so used of the lord but what was his source his source really was mom Dad, Miriam, plus Shifra, and Pu. These five work together to produce one Moses. All right. So that's where I get the eighty percent. Four sisters, one brother. Yeah. So but brothers, we need to do our part. We'll be talking about dads and grandmas. Yeah, well, grandmas are implied here in Second Timothy you know you know in Timothy well, maybe just much I'll just mention that of course Timothy was used very much of the Lord Paul's young co-worker there at the very end at the very end when others had abandoned him Timothy was there but who produced Timothy when we first meet Timothy in Acts 16 Paul goes to Lystra and Derby and sees this young man who has quite some reputation of the brothers in two local churches. You know, that's really something. There's a young man, it implies he's probably a teenager, and and he's of repute to brothers in two places. This young adult. I said most, at most, I would guess, in his early 20s. But when Paul met him, he was already a good brother. Second Timothy shows us. It was from mommy and grandma. They produced him. Paul Paul perfected him. And saints, that's the pattern. That's the pattern that all of us should take in our households. How to produce... Young ones that are really for the Lord, it's not a matter of bring them on the Lord's Day, hand them to the church. They're actually produced at home and perfected by the church. They have to be produced at home. You know, continuing in, in Exodus. In chapter twelve, we didn't we didn't read those verses. On the on the night of the Passover um, Moses receives this instruction to pass on to, to Israel. This is verse, uh, verse 26 and 27 of chapter 12. Exodus 12, 26 and 27. And when your children say to you, what do you mean by this service? And that means the, the slaying of the Passover lamb. Okay. You shall say, It is the Passover sacrifice to Jehovah who passed over the houses of the children of Israel in Egypt when he he smote the Egyptians and delivered our houses and the people bowed and worshipped. You know, saints, the the killing of the lamb, When, when you think of this service in the Old Testament, slaying a lamb, and applying the blood. Whose function is that? Hmm? The? Yeah. The priests. That's what priests do every day. The Levites. Yeah. You know, on the night of the Passover, who were the priests? Actually, the parents. There were two priests in every house. The slaying of the lamb, the applying of the blood on the doorpost. You know, it, it says in it says later in in Exodus nineteen that it's God's desire to have a kingdom of priests, right? A kingdom of citizens, but every citizen is a priest. Right? In the New Testament, that's the universal priesthood of the body of Christ. That's what we're all striving for right that's that we're we're still laboring toward that reality that reality in the old testament this was lost because of the worship of the golden calf in Exodus 32 i from the way i see closest God ever got to the universal priesthood was the Passover. When in every home there were priests. And then then it says, and when your children say to you, what do you mean by this service? Don't you think that night the children were, said, Dad, what are you doing? You know, very often we read the Bible, we just read it, and and they and they put the and we know what it means, so we just yeah. But we forget that these were real people, actual events with families. Don't you think a young child would say, "Mom, what's gotten into Dad?" I mean, I, I've seen them you know c- killed animals before for us to eat, but. What's he doing with that blood? And to put it... And, and they were told... They were told what? You shall say. It is the Passover sacrifice to Jehovah. You shall say. That means the parents had the responsibility to answer to their children. To speak what? Salvation. Salvation. To explain salvation. Then in chapter 13, continuing this in verse 8, it says, And you shall tell your son in that day, saying, It is because of what Jehovah did for me when I came out of Egypt. Parents, grandparents, this is in the Old Testament. It was written as an example and as an admonition. To us, to whom the ends of the ages have come. So we should also apply this. Don't only apply the lamb and baptism and nana. We should apply this too. This should be our pattern. Every parent is a priest. And a prophet. And an evangelist. And a shepherd. And a teacher. Every parent. That's the pattern. In verse 14, chapter 13. And when your son asks you in time to come, because this is saying, you know, not this was the first Passover. But later, you're supposed to do this every year. And then when you get into the good land, your, some of your children who were not around, they're, they're going to say, Dad, "What, Dad, what is this? Then, then the answer. And when your son asks you in time to come saying, What is this? You shall say to him, By strength of hand, Jehovah brought us from Egypt from the slave house. Moms and dads, it's on us to bring salvation to our children. You know, uh, for so many years, the the church where I'm I'm serving in, in New York, we've taken care of, of the children and the young people and the services have been built up. And always, you know, when the children are around sixth grade, the gospel is preached to them and, and, and so on. And um, There's something to that, that. Many are saved together, at least baptized together. Some get saved along the way, a little earlier and so on. But Saints, I could tell you, I had it in my heart. I, am, I, I will not relinquish this privilege to anyone else. I would, I, would, I would not do that. I'm going, I'm going to preach the gospel to my children. So I did. I did. I myself, I got saved when I was seven years old. And I know many of our children don't, don't even remember their salvation experience. They remember more their baptism. Yeah. But I had a very particular experience when I was very young. My sister preached the gospel to me at home. I, I could tell you all the events as if it was last night. But it was Friday the 13th, by the way. Friday the 13th. Friday, July 13th, 1965. And and I remember 1118 Putnam Avenue, Brooklyn, New York. and And the time and everything. It was just, I remember that. I don't remember anything after that. Any experience until my baptism. But I do remember that night. And so, anyway, I shared this story with my son when he was seven. And then he wanted to receive. We knelt down and we prayed. And then my daughters, I have boy, girl, girl, my, my girls, they actually asked for salvation. So maybe if we have a chance tomorrow, I might tell you the story. It's a good story. Um, uh, but anyway, they, they came together and asked me when the, my big girl was nine and my little one was seven. They, they, they wanted to be saved that night. They were afraid that they would, that they would, die without Christ. And so I led them. You know, we knelt down in my study and, and we prayed. And, and I, I just felt I, I, will not, I will not leave that privilege to others and the Lord granted me that. But, and, but this story shows parents, it's all of our privilege. It's all of our privilege to do this for our children and grandchildren. In every home there should be priests. In every home there should be those who testify. And, and then the church perfects. The church strengthens, supports. That, that's, that's the proper view. Um, Psalm 127. Psalm 127. Uh, I think these verses are well known. Uh, at least verse 3, I should say. Verse 3 is well known. The children are a heritage of Jehovah. And I think this is clear, that this shows all the children, the source is God. The children come from God, they're given to us by God, and they're actually his heritage, and they belong to him. They're just given into us for our custody. But I love these uh, following verses. Like arrows in the hand of a mighty man, so are the children of one's youth. Blessed is the man who fills his quiver with them, he will not be put to shame when he speaks with his enemies in the gate. So it likens our children to arrows. And this also shows the enemy's perspective of our children. Our children are like the arrows to defeat the enemy. And you know, it says, blessed is, if you have, your quiver is full, you know, the quiver is the, the, the case that you, Put the arrows in. But imagine, Obi, imagine you have five children. You don't have five children. Imagine, imagine you have five children. That means you have five arrows. And the enemy's coming. And you shoot one. Ah, two. Ah, three. Ah. And you know you're supposed to have five. <laughs> but two are missing. Wouldn't that be... Sad. But saints, that's our case. In many of the churches, we're, we're missing some arrows. We're not giving up. We're going to find all of them. Yeah. We're taking the promise from Proverbs 22 that you raise up a child in the way he should go and when he was old, he will not go away from it. We're, we're claiming this promise for all our second and third generation. So we might be missing them now. We have to go out and gain them back. Yeah. And then that's happening, saints. That's happening. We, we're already seeing this in these recent years. But this also shows you the perspective that the Bible has about children. To defeat the enemy. Then Acts chapter 2. You know, Acts 2, of course, is particular... Because that is the first day of the church. The first day of the church. In Acts 2, the Spirit is poured out. And the brothers start to speak. The people think, what is this? Are they drunk at 9 a.m.? Then they come out and Peter, standing with the eleven, says, no! No! And then he gives this message and the people are gathered from, what, 14 nations? And, and because of the Pentecost? And he speaks and 3,000 men are saved that day. And they're pricked in their hearts. And so they come and they say this in verse 37. We didn't read, we didn't read 37. And when they heard this, they were, they were pricked in their hearts. And they said to Peter and the rest of the apostles, What should we do, brothers? And Peter said to them, Repent, and each one of you be baptized upon the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. And this is the phrase I want to impress you with. For to you is the promise, and to your children, and to all who are far off as many as the Lord our God calls to himself. Did you ever notice that our children are mentioned in Acts 2? That the second generation, the place of the second generation, is highlighted on this first day of the church. To you is the promise, and to your children, and to those who are far off. I'm afraid that many, many of the Lord's children, including at times we in the Lord's recovery, have paid more attention to the ones who are far off. That is in the gospel. To our gospel preaching, to our opening our doors. And surely we must. I, I don't intend to say anything to weaken that. Actually, we need more gospel. But do you see the order here? To you is the promise, and to your children, and to those who are far off. We should never neglect our children for the sake of those who are far off. Actually, we should gain our children to join us in the labor to gain those who are far off. And actually, what we've seen, we'll talk about this more tomorrow, is that when our children gain their friends... Actually, that's a way to gain those families. Not even our young people. Through our children, we can gain many, many families. Brother the said at one time, actually, the increase through the children could be the biggest source of increase in the church. Because through the children, you gain families. Not people. Not one person, one person. You gain families at a time. Through the children. To you is the promise and to your children. So saints, I I just wanted to present these verses to you to have a kind of a view. What is the biblical view concerning our children? That they are for God's purpose and we need to gain them for God's purpose. They play such an integral part of the accomplishing of God's purpose. Um, this outline that we handed out uh, could I just uh, see the book? It's actually, I want to let you know uh, the outline of chapter 4 in this book Raising Up the Next Generation in the Church Life. This weekend we will hand out as the meetings go along three or four outlines. All of them, the source is uh, this book. This book is not a it's, it's, it's not uh, um, a conference, as most of our books, uh, that, that were messages given by Brother Lee or Brother Nee and then put into book form. This is, this is if you, if you uh, read the, the front here, compiled from the ministry of Watchman Nee and Witness Lee. And so that is that these are excerpts, mostly, uh, there are a few messages. There are a few that were actual messages given on the topic of young people um, or, or given to the young people. There's even, there, there, is, there is some portion that, some words spoken to young people, but actually the brothers hardly ever did that. What happened was that as they're speaking here and there, they suddenly start to say something about the children. And on this outline, there's an example. Anyway, this was a Quite a project to compile all of these, and and actually after we compiled the book, we found more, so we probably need another volume. Uh, but here and there, the brothers, thank you, did did mention some key things about about the children. Uh, so let's let's read the title together. We're not going to attempt to finish this whole outline. We will complete this uh, tomorrow morning. But let's let's read the first couple of points. The, uh, the title first, please. The importance of the children and the young
0: people's work for the future of the Lord's recovery
1: in Roman 1. references, uh, scripture references, following the point. You see Matthew 24, 37 to 39. Of course, I think most of us are familiar. <clears throat> That's where the Lord uh, tells us that, uh, that the end days will be like the days of Noah. The time of his coming, the days of the Son of Man, will be like the days of, of Noah. And what do we see there in the days of noah of course um, uh, in in what the lord spoke in matthew he talks about um, that they were eating drinking marrying giving in marriage until the day that the flood that the flood came <clears throat> of course we know when we read genesis that the background to the story um, the whole matter of the angelic being fallen angelic beings and Coming and intermixing with the human race and the nephilim, and all flesh had be, all, all mankind had become flesh, and so God came to Noah, right? And and Noah found grace in His eyes, and uh, of course, in Genesis you see this line of this family, Noah's heritage, going back to Adam, and and. Uh, Especially, we have a very famous message called The Life and Work That Changed the Age in the Life Study of Genesis. Uh, Just a classic message, The Life and Work That Changed the Age. And there, it's highlighted the the heritage of this family. But you know, one particular thing that we see in this story of Noah. Most of the cases in in the Old Testament, and uh, you know, I was raised in a Christian home, at least half Christian, my mother and my uh, sister were believers. My father actually did not receive the Lord until later in life, and he was actually sixty-nine years old. I brought him to the Lord, and uh, he actually just recently went to be with the Lord at the age of ninety-nine. <laughs> so the Lord gave him, the Lord gave him, thirty years. Yeah, we thank the Lord for that. Um, but in in uh, oh, he was a he was a he was a difficult case. Yeah. 30, my, my family prayed for him for 35 years, 35 years before he received the Lord. But, um, but with my mother and my sister, we, we actually grew, grew up attending a brethren meeting in Brooklyn, New York, a brethren meeting. And, and we heard a lot of, you know, the Bible and the stories and so on. And, and I, I heard many stories about the so-called heroes in the Old Testament, you know, the ones, the men of faith. And, um, But I saw them, uh, when when it was presented, almost all of them, I just saw them as personal, they're there, heroes. Uh, um, You know, David, Daniel, you know, these ones, of course Moses. But it wasn't until much later that I realized, you know, every one of these people was produced in a family. Every one of them. Daniel, although his... Parents are not mentioned. Why could these teenagers stand the way they did? Had to be something that was put in them, in their families. <clears throat> of course, we mentioned Moses already. But something particular about Noah is that, <clears throat> you know, Noah, in Noah's case, we not only see his, ret- his heritage we see that, actually, he turned the age with his sons. With his next generation. We don't see that in the other cases. Two generations turn the age together. And that's very encouraging. <laughs> you know, Noah, if you, if you follow the, the story, um, is this, can I write on here? Yeah. If you follow the story, you know, you know, the flood came, Noah was how old? Do you know? 600. Yeah. And when the Lord came to him, when the Lord came to him, do you know how old was he? Or how long before this? Well, no, it was 120 years the Lord came to him. Yeah, so he was 480. We don't have this age mentioned but we have this 120 and we have this mentioned in the Bible. So he got the revelation when he was 480 years old. And he completed the ark at 600. That's when the flood came. Which, of course, is the year that Methuselah passed away. Right, Great-grandpa Methuselah. Right. Well, do you know when he started having children? He had three boys, right? Shem, Ham, and Japheth. Do you know when the first one was born? That's 500. Which means what? Which means that he was already building. And those boys were born into the ark life. Those boys were born while dad was building. They had to grow up with this kind of realization. Maybe before the realization, they played around and walked in. Shem! Can you hand me the hammer? That, right there. Boys, bring the, carry that here. Thank you. Thank you. Yes, you're a big help to daddy. Thank you. Thank you. Without knowing what they were participating in. Don't you think at a certain time there had to be a talk? Boys, I have to tell you what daddy's really doing here. Maybe it didn't come from him. Maybe it did come from Methuselah. Maybe Grandpa Methuselah had those boys on his lap, on his knee. Saying, boys, we all come from a very special family. And your daddy is part of this family. And he's doing something very special. I hope one day you join your dad. Don't you think there could have been some talk like this? Don't you think there could have been some talk? Mommy! You know, Mrs. Noah is not mentioned at all. You have to give the lady credit. You have to give the lady credit. Mommy, mommy, those neighbors, they say daddy's crazy. Don't you don't you believe there was talk like this? And that Sister Noah would say, Come, come. We're doing something for the Lord. And not everyone understands. We're standing with your daddy. Because we are in a very special family. It had to be. Because how many went into the ark? Eight. But, mommy, daddy, and the three boys, only five. Where'd the other three come from? Friends. Friends. It always starts as friends, you know, just friends. But can you imagine that conversation? When Japheth's wife, I mean, not wife yet, friend, went home and said, Mommy, I met a boy. And she went, Oh, oh. Well, you know that man (laughs) who's building that... Can you imagine my... No!
0: Anybody but those three boys!
1: Can't you imagine that... The Bible doesn't say. I understand. I am trying to exercise some sanctified imagination. But I believe that this is so. Not those boys. Do you know that on the day that the Lord closed the door, the families of those three girls were outside? They paid a price. They had faith. In type, they were saved, they were in Christ. How did that happen? I believe Sister Noah had a lot to do with that. And two generations together turned the age. So do you see in this family, they had three increased from inside and three increased from outside? I don't know if that's where Brother Nee got it, but I said, amen, Brother Nee. You got the scriptural basis. Why shouldn't that be our reality today? That rather than losing our own, we raise them and turn the age with them. Amen? Amen. That's the purpose of our being here this weekend. We'll complete the outline tomorrow. Amen. (laughs) Could we have a few prayers maybe first and then some time for sharing? How should we do? Yeah. Maybe with one or two around us, we can have a, just a, a minute of prayer, and then we have a few minutes for your responding.